The following podcast is produced and syndicated by Influencer Podcast Network. Become a podcast star. Go to InfluencerPodcastNetwork.com. Because dating isn't always great. I'm Amy Helt, and this is the Dating Disasters Podcast. Welcome back to the Dating Disasters Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Helt, and I am thrilled to have my very first guest for today's episode. So my guest and I have been friends for years, all the way back to freshman year in college. And I consider him one of, obviously my oldest, and closest friends. But he also has some of the most hilarious dating stories that I've ever heard. And to be honest, guys, if I had not witnessed some of this stuff or I didn't know him personally, I might think that this shit was made up because it's just really funny. It's not bad. It's not scary. Well, I mean, I don't know because I'm not him, but it's just funny. So I'm so excited that he could join us today. Um, he is going to remain anonymous because he has a pretty high profile gig and um, and now he also has a fiance, which is amazing. So we don't want to screw anything up for anybody, right? We want, <laughs> we want people to talk freely and, and, and just kind of have a good chuckle and maybe learn some things that you can avoid and prevent from happening to you. So to my guest, I'm glad we could get the technical stuff worked out. Welcome. I'm so happy you could be here. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate it. As you know, we have long chats about dating hilarity. And when I asked you to come on the podcast, <laughs> you told me I might have to jog your memory with a couple of the things that I still really find kind of funny. So I thought maybe we would just kind of talk about some of those things um, and, and, and you can share your experience about them. Does that sound okay? I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. So um, actually, when we had the technical issues, everyone, I started to record the intro to this. And when I thought I might have to go on without the guest today, and we were going to reschedule. But the thing that I brought up guest was the cats in hats photos incident. Does that ring a bell to you at all? It, it does, yes. Uh, Would you like to, to, to share with our listeners a little bit about the background of, of that entire situation, how, how it happened? Sure. Um, well, as I recall, I was in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. uh, I fairly recently, fairly recently unemployed from one of your said high-profile gigs. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I decided to sneak into a resort pool with you <laughs> so that we could spend the day uh, pretending that we were guests at this fancy place. Right. Uh, and I met a lovely, attractive woman at the pool. Mm -hmm. uh, and I pulled a George Costanza and told her that I was unemployed and live with my parents. Yeah. And uh, can I just say, <laughs> I still laugh about that. Because if you just listen to it, 
it sounds ridiculous. It was true. And I mean, you're very successful and in you, you have had a very successful career. So it was just that hiatus. But you said that to her and she still was interested, right? <laughs> uh, remarkably, yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> she was interested and... Uh, a willing participant in all that ensued thereafter. <laughs> um, I do remember also, because of course we were scanning the pool looking for potentially available women because at the time you were single. Yeah. And you were sitting in the pool at the other end of where Sean and I were sitting. So I had a perfectly clear view of you just sitting there relaxing. Not that, you know, I'm a weird stalker, but you're just relaxing and this lady girl was just a couple feet away and I remember saying to Sean is he looking at her is she looking at him somebody needs to talk to him what's happening and then watching somebody just open a discussion and then you guys start talking and then next yeah. thing I know she's back at the chairs and we're being introduced which was cool yeah I mean I guess you know, lots of people make new friends in Las Vegas, uh, and that's not that unusual. Uh, I guess what surprised me was that she was there for like a professional function mm -hmm. and was just like lounging around in a bikini at the pool um, <laughs> when she was supposed to be at work. And I thought, well, here's somebody who doesn't take their job too seriously, and I don't have a job. Um, and <laughs> okay, so, so wait, that actually crossed your mind. That was what you were thinking. <laughs> Well, I mean, just beyond the fact that she was she was really hot, uh, <laughs> I was also just sort of impressed that the stones that it took to go and like hop in a bikini and go to the pool um, uh -oh. in the middle of the day, and then uh, you know she she approached me uh, and kind of plunked herself down and didn't really say anything and waited for me to I guess take the hint, which I did, mm -hmm, um, which is good. And then and then uh, you know I figured well. It's just weird with the two of them staring across the pool at us. I should probably go introduce her. <laughs> and we were totally trying not to, but you have to understand. I mean, it, it, you were straight ahead. So I yeah, had to look I mean, either way to avoid it. Right. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and, you, and you are an observer of humanity. So I, I yes. And I would like to say, so our listeners understand, I am also your biggest supporter. I wanted you to find a nice girl because you're a nice guy. So I, I always like to be in on the effort because I think it's important. C carry on. I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I don't know that she was a nice girl, but she was, uh, she was an interesting person um, who, as you mentioned, happened to have a number of cats that she was very, very invested in, it turned right. out. Uh, that was not apparent to me at the time. It wasn't like she was wearing a, sh a shirt with her cats, you know, um, printed on them or anything. But mm -hmm. uh, it became clear as we spent more time together that she had an unhealthy relationship with the cat. Okay. So now I have cats, and you have stayed at my house. Even though you have a pretty serious cat allergy, we've worked it out for years because I've had cats for, Badgley is 17 years old and Coco was older right. than her. So pretty much almost the whole time I know you, I've had cats. Correct. Uh, so you don't talk about me that way. <laughs> what was it 
about her that you have that impression that she had an unhealthy relationship with her cats. I think I know what it is, but I'm going to let you kind of tell it. Yeah, so she she had adopted cats, which I think is, you know, very laudable. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're going to have animals, it's preferable that they be a rescue animal. Um, but she sort of treated them um, as her as her children, as some people do, uh, mm -hmm. to the point where she would dress them up in outfits mm -hmm. um, and then take photographs that she kept on her phone and on and screensavers on her computer mm -hmm. and just kind of everywhere um, with little hats on and different like sailor outfits and things <laughs> like that. Like it wasn't like it was, you know, this fuzzy dog who's just going to sit there and tolerate these are cats. I'm sure that it required a lot of wrestling and scratches to get these things on them and to get, to get them to stand still. I don't know if she sedated them or what, but she, she had a lot of photographs of cats in costume. Um, but she felt very comfortable sharing with me from the outset, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. So if I remember this incident correctly, and I'll just call it an incident. I mean, this is pretty, uh, this is kind of funny. It's pretty just, you know, low level incident wise, you know, we're not like right at the, this is, I can't even believe this is happening. I mean, I almost can't believe it's happening to you because weird stuff used to tend to happen to you a maybe lot. a little more frequently. Well, also because you were out there dating a lot. So I think when you're out, you know, meeting people, the percentage of weirdness is just higher than somebody who's just staying home or not trying to interact as much. Do you think that might yeah. have been the case? I think that's the case now because they're, or that was the case then, because now people can interact much more freely over the internet. Mm -hmm. um, and so the weirdness comes a lot of times from interactions over text or via some dating app or whatever. Whereas that really just wasn't a big thing when I was dating or like people did it, but it was more like you had to be in front of a computer. It wasn't like you could go to the bar and swipe left or right on people who were standing 10 feet away from you. <laughs> right. Well, plus in this case, the girl, you actually met her, you physically met her, you met like a traditional Correct. way, like you were at the pool and just talking. So that day, I remember when you brought her over to talk to us and we, the three of us had had plans to go out to dinner that night. And you invited her along and she actually showed up, which to be yeah. honest, I mean, that took guts, I think, because now it's not only like you're inviting her out, you're with two other people, strangers. And, you know, it is a public place. So I had a podcast where we talked about safety and just being smart about stuff. So you, she got herself there. She was in a public place. But I thought that really took a lot of kind of gusto to show up to a bunch of strangers. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, I think that uh, she was a pretty genuine person. Um, and so I, I think she probably had a good sense of who else was genuine maybe. And uh, I think she knew that I wasn't like, why would you make up that story when you were sitting at a resort pool that you didn't have a job and live with your family? Like it wasn't like I said, I have a Learjet and a Ferrari. Yeah, good point, I, good point. <laughs> I, I was playing it down. So, um, you know, the fact is, I think, I think she recognized I wasn't, I wasn't trying to BS her. Um, so maybe that helped a little. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but yes, that was, she was very gutsy. And then I remember we went to dinner and then we went downtown to some other bars. She went with us. So we all piled into a car and off we went. And, you know, I really liked her. I thought that she did kind of show a lot of like fun and courageousness to just, she's just in town. You're meeting at the pool. Sure. I'll go to dinner. Sure. I'll go for drinks. And, you know, I remember us having the drinks and then dropping you guys off at the resort where you met her because that's where she was staying and you know you being okay to be on your own because again safety i don't think relates to just women or just men all of us need to pay attention when we're interacting with people that we don't really know and uh the next thing i know i'm texting you because you're in town and we're probably you and i are probably going to lunch or something you know and right. <laughs> That's when I hear about how it is that you left the resort and went back to your hotel, which is not resort-like. We I don't want to slam any property on the strip, but it's not one of the premier places. <laughs> it was definitely not, no. You, you left. But I was, I, again, I was unemployed. So. Well, that is true. That is true. So you're on a budget. You were making it work. That's important. It's an important thing to learn. Um, but when you told me what had happened in the morning. So again, it, it looked like from the outside a really great date. You had made this really great connection. She was fun. Was it going to go anywhere? Who knows? But it looked like it was a lot of fun. And that maybe there would be potential to stay in touch because where she lived was not here, but still out West and you have people out West. So that's not a big deal for you to come out here. But, uh, <laughs> Why don't you tell us briefly, um, without going into too much other detail, of the morning when you woke up at the resort and what prompted you to, to decide to foot it back to your <laughs> less than five-star accommodations? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't really recall. I just remember um, that I thought it was such a strange set of circumstances. Um, that I woke up with this incredible sun sunrise view uh, of the strip um, at this really really nice resort hotel uh, when I was staying at a place that's known for um, basically having silly kids rides and uh -huh. yes <laughs> being like a, a place where people wear giant guitars full of liquor around there around their necks to walk around and play the slot. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I thought it was kind of ironic, too. <laughs> and uh, what I found most amazing when we talked later that day, and, and you could fill me in, because, of course, I'm naturally curious. We're friends. And I dropped you off with a girl. I want to know, like, if, is there a wedding? What's happening? W am I invited? Uh -huh. What are we doing? So, yeah. uh... <laughs> And I mean, I just laugh because I do think of the scenario where the successful yet unemployed living with his parents, no car. I mean, maybe you had a car at that point because living overseas, you didn't need one. Right. Um, but that scenario and this girl who is there for work and she worked in a professional industry as well mm -hmm. is still like, yeah, no, I'll go out with you. Sure. Like, hey, cool. And then you stay the night at this resort that's it is much nicer than where you were staying and the price reflects it of course but uh i remember 
asking you, I'm like, wait, you walked back to your hotel? What? Do you, what? And yeah. there was some kind of response like, yeah, Amy, because I had seen enough of cats in hats photos <laughs> and I just needed to leave. And I was like, are you really? <laughs> So we've gone from like some really nice, like a nice connection. And in business, you never know. Like it's always important to connect with people. You're single. She appeared to be single. So maybe something could work out here. And I just picture you schlepping yourself in the morning after being out all night and having a great time, not even eating mm -hmm. breakfast at this resort, back to your place because you just hit your limit with the pictures of the cats in hats. And yeah. <laughs> it's weird how dates look so different in the light of day than they do <laughs> on the, the lights of the club. <laughs> okay. So uh, now, and, and this was, you know, you don't live here and she didn't live here. So although you can meet somebody and have a relationship with them, even when you're not in the same place and you never know where you're going to meet someone. So what if that would have happened and you were, you live on the East coast. What if it would have been at your local bar? Would the cats still have played a role? Do you think, or did you feel a little more free to just walk away from it? Because, Oh, well, you don't live here anyway. Who cares? Yeah. Or I mean, I'm not great at the whole, you know, um, spending the, the night together and just leaving it go, to be honest, uh, that's never been my forte. So we did, uh, you know, I went and, and uh, saw her a few more times at her home in California. Um, and it became even more apparent to me that this was a crazy cat lady. Uh, and I, you know, I was in a, uh, a very challenging part of my life. So I was kind of just latching on to what I thought might turn into a relationship. And then it dawned on me one day that like, oh my God, this is just really, really stupid. And I'm wasting a lot of time and energy on this. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, as I got to know somebody, as you often do, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the excitement that occurred um, at the beginning started to fall away as you realize like, oh, this person really isn't very suited to me at all. Right, right. Um, well, I think, and, uh, I think a lot of people do that. They're at a challenging point. Other stuff is kind of in flux and you want some kind of stability. Sure. So you see opportunity normal. and are like, oh, this could be good. And if yeah. I recall too, around that time, because you were interviewing for other jobs, there was a job available where she lives, which also happens to be one of my favorite places. So I, of course, was lobbying for you to be a West Coast person because yeah. then we're closer but um you know i i i think there's a lot of validity in what you say that you, people look for relationships when other things are just kind of moving along and you want that stability and maybe you're willing to overlook some things that you know today i mean today for you is different because you you have your fiance but even as you got more settled to the job you wanted to have and where you wanted to be that you wouldn't be at, you wouldn't overlook maybe the red flags, like maybe the cats and hats, that's a red flag for you. That's a weird, like, I can't get on board with somebody that does stuff like that, which is okay. Yeah. You know, we all have our limits of stuff that we're going to, that is acceptable or that we want to live with, or we don't. 
But uh, I wonder sometimes if this scenario had been different. But although when you and I spoke about your subsequent trips out here to spend time with her, it, <laughs> I don't think she was a fit for you either. I'll just tell you, <laughs> knowing yeah. you and knowing uh, some of what I heard that I, I think probably it was best that you moved on. Yeah, the low level racism and sort of yeah. constant yes. um, desire for things, which is not really my my uh, interest, that, that sort of got to me more so than the cat. And that's what, right. you know, I, I recognize like how stupid the cat was, but then also I was like, they're just cats, like just get over it. But the other stuff is really what put me over the edge. Right. And I mean, that's stuff that you don't find out about somebody. I mean, I when you told me um, about some of her behaviors, I never would have guessed having had dinner with her and going out for drinks. She seemed completely just relaxed and fun. And I think because I always have this image of somebody that if they harbor ideas like that, it's very obvious. But. Yeah. I think that whole incident kind of shows exactly what dating is all about. You know, you meet somebody and you have interest and you were a little different in the beginning because you were really open about who you are and what's going on with you. And a lot of people aren't. A lot of people would have spent all that time playing up all of their professional credentials. And mm. you always do kind of make me laugh because when you are talking to someone, it just, you just kind of, that information just comes out in conversation. Oh, well, when I lived here or when I did this, it's never a, you don't kind of blast your resume, which is something, I think that's a really great quality about you. But you were very open about what was going on in your life right then. And she still was like, sure, I'll go to dinner with you. Sure, let's hang out. Let me share my cats and hats photos. I mean, either she shows them to everybody and she didn't show them to me and I love cats and I would appreciate them. So I feel kind of jilted but she showed them to you. So clearly she felt some kind of, she could be open and she could be who she was. And, you know, you didn't really discover who she really was until you actually went to her house and spent time in her area with her, which is what happens with dating. You don't really, you feel like you might have an idea about somebody, but you don't really know until you spend some time with them and you figure out who they really are. Yeah, and that's really, it was a challenge for me. I was single for a long time. Uh, and I always tried to be open and honest with people. And I think I just, in part because of the line of work that I did, I'm, I'm just fairly comfortable talking to people. And people become very comfortable talking to me because I, mm -hmm. of, of my job. And so uh, I am generally very honest. And it was really disappointing to me. Um, the longer I dated, the longer I was single, how many people were remarkably dishonest, or if not directly, blatantly lying, at least being very, very disingenuous about who they were and what their past was. And, uh, right. So that's a, that's a challenge. And that's the, the hardest thing about dating is, is having your expectations and those like initial chemistry feelings kind of quashed by what you find later on. Right. So in that process of dating and finding out that people a lot of times don't, they're not super open about who they are. They like wait a little bit or you start to figure it out. Like in this case, I mean, the cat and the cats and hats is the funny part of the whole story. And the setup kind of is too, because I think if anybody saw it, it would have looked kind of hilarious that I was staring and then whispering to Sean and pointing and all that stuff. But 
Um, the not funny part is really finding out the negative stuff about that person that is really disappointing. And, you know, having to, you had an expectation, you thought she was something, and then you kind of figure out, wait, that's not, and it's, it's something that's very contrary to who you are as a human being. I mean, there are all things like the cats and hats probably you could have gotten over, but all these other things that were a much bigger deal. So do you think there's anything when you're dating or anything that maybe you did like that happens? Was there anything different that you did with the next person you were talking to or met that put your radar up a little bit more, a little bit sooner? You know, did, did your behavior change, I guess, based on what happened with this person? Um, I don't think, I think I just try to be who I am. And I think either people are on board with that or they're not. And I think mm -hmm. that's the best thing you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because if just because somebody uh, isn't straightforward with you, if you start being reticent and not being straightforward and kind of, you know, edging around topics or not discussing the real things, you're not going to have a connection with anybody of any consequence. And I certainly noticed that, you know, the longer I was in New York, where the dating scene is a little Mad Max-ish. Um, mm -hmm. And there's so many choices for people that it just takes one small thing uh, for somebody to just decide they don't want to talk to you anymore because there's literally thousands of other choices. Mm -hmm. um, so the more that you hide who it is that you actually are, I think the worse that gets. Right. And I mean, New York, even though there are a lot of people, it's not that big of a city. I mean, I remember there was a day where you managed to find yourself in line at Starbucks, like behind a girl that, I don't know if you had been on a date with her and it didn't go well, or you guys had been dating and it was kaput. Mm -hmm. But, and I, I think in our conversation, I was like, again, how do you manage this? <laughs> like how many people yeah. live there? And there you are in your neighborhood where I guess, I don't know, I don't think she lived near you, but in line at Starbucks. And there she is kind of the one person that you don't want to see right then. Mm. You know, I mean, and then it becomes, do you get out of line? Do you act like you didn't see them? Do you say anything? What happens? It, you know, yeah. it, it gets weird. <laughs> it, it is. It's challenging. And, and I remember, you know, when you were dating, um, you know, when you were online dating, I remember you just calling me one day and saying, you know, well, that's it. I'm out of people. Uh -huh. um, I've dated everybody in Las Vegas now, and that's the, that's all I can do. Um, I've got to wait. I've got to wait till you know a new crop rises up or something. Yeah, it's true. Um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, sometimes it, it feels like there's nobody, and sometimes it feels like just literally everyone is out uh -huh. there looking for somebody. I think it's just it, it's part partly your mindset. Um, and it doesn't make it any easier to run into somebody who you had a bad breakup with or or just who ghosted you or you ghosted them or whatever. And, um, that was a very common thing in New York, too, where people would just sort of disappear on you after a couple of days. Um, either because they found somebody better or they just decided they were tired of you or they, you know, didn't want you to actually find out they had a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, 
online dating to have their ego stroked or get free dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I actually talk about that in my online program, onlinedatingresults.com, because that happens a lot. And I think if you if you're in it for the right reasons and you are paying attention, you can only do what you can do. You can't really, you know, you were not in control of how these women were acting. I wasn't in control of how the men I was dating was, were acting. All we could do was control our own behavior and give ourselves the best opportunity to find what we were looking for. But there are, you know, people will waste so much time online, never meeting somebody, somebody's always putting plans off because I do think there are a lot of people on there that really it's an ego boost for them. How many emails can they get? How many, you know, winks are they getting? Who wants to go out with them? But they're not comfortable enough with themselves to actually show up or they have a whole nother relationship and whatever they need, they're not getting. So they're turning to strangers to kind of get that ego boost, which it does make it hard when you're the person who's really just looking for a date and looking to meet somebody. But yeah, I, mean, I agree. And I think a lot of it, though, is. I mean, not to blame the technology because it's the people that are the issue, but the technology makes it so much easier for people who are just so disinterested in actually being with anybody to kind of jump around from person to person. Yep. Um, and so if you're, if you're actually interested in being in a relationship, I think that's something that you need to find out from this person that you're interested in from the outset, because that's what I find so remarkably um, challenging for so many of the, especially female friends I have, is that they'll, you know, be with somebody for a few months and then, or even years, and then be told, "Well, I'm not interested in having children or getting married or being in a relationship for the long term with anybody." Um, and they just seem so surprised by it, and I, I, I'm always find it remarkable that that didn't come up. Uh, previously. And so I think, you know, that's that sort of emotional honesty that you have to have. Like you have to be honest about what your, your desires and interests are uh, and not just be with somebody for companionship when they don't have the same, the same plan as you. Exactly. I think it also takes a lot of courage to be able to have that conversation up front. And, you know, from the female perspective, if we, you know, you meet somebody and right away you're like, okay, so I want a relationship. I want kids. This is what I'm doing. It can seem really pushy, desperate, especially I think when you get into particular, a particular age, you know, and I think, I feel like girls get a really bad rap because if you're direct about what you really want and where you're headed, it's kind of like, oh, she's really pushy. Oh, she just, there's something about it that. Uh, you know, I always think honesty is the most important. I had that conversation with Sean when I first met him. I mean, we were probably on date number four, primarily because I didn't know if he was going to make it past date number three. And then he did. And I was like, okay, I really should make sure that we're kind of on the same page. But, you know, when you're two adults interacting, it can be fine. But depending on the view of the other person, it can seem really like this chick just wants to get married. And I mean, I think that's kind of irritating because I'm doing you a favor by telling you in advance, this is what I expect. This is where I'm going. And you don't have to go there too, but I need to find somebody who's going there and then decide yeah. from that point if I like them. 
Because I know too a couple girls who wasted years in relationships that were never going to end the way they wanted them to. And I heard somebody say, well, you know, he wasted all of her time. And I'm like, no, he didn't waste her time. She didn't, she, I mean, it's, you know, all this time, it's not moving forward. Where are you? You have to be able to ask and address it and talk about it. And if you don't feel like you can, you shouldn't be in a relationship with that person. You know? Yeah, I agree. It's, if you're not, if you're not able to have that conversation, um, fairly, fairly early in a relationship, is that person really the person that you're connecting with? Like, I don't mean the, third, the second or third date. I just mean, you know, within the first couple, if you're with somebody for a couple of months and, and that it seems like it's getting serious, you should have some sort of discussion about, you know, fidelity and uh, honesty and, and what the real uh, purpose of that coupling is. Because if you're just like hanging out, then why, you know, why not just date other people too? You know, why limit yourself to that one person if you don't see a future with them? Exactly. Uh, And speaking of dating other people, too, there is one more little snippet of your hilarity that I would love to bring up. And you may not even remember this. I clearly remember it because I thought only you, only this would happen only to you. And this was a very long time ago. So probably when we were right out of college, because I don't know that right now as an adult, you would be brave enough to even try this. Uh, You were dating more than one girl at once, which you're dating. So there's no kind of understanding of exclusivity or anything. Totally normal, totally cool. Except when you ended up at the same place with both of them, and they mm-hmm. didn't know about each other and it was a concert and you got stuck sitting between the two of them and yeah. neither one knew that you were dating first someone else or the girl sitting to the other side of you. Do you remember yeah, that? that was shockingly <laughs> awkward and very difficult. I mean, how um, did you even get out of, I can't even, I don't, I think I might've just gone to the bathroom and just gone home because I don't even know how I would handle that. As the person in the middle, as the girl, I would be livid. But as the person in yeah. the middle, uh, it was very uncomfortable. Uh, it was, <laughs> I went to see a friend's band play. It was a concert, is a strong word. It was uh, some guys playing music in a bar. Okay. There were, you know, seventy-five people there or something. Oh, so a but, small crowd too. Okay, yeah, perfect. Um, and my friend was the lead singer of this this band and was directly in front of me. And a woman who I was dating uh, that I worked with <laughs> also was on my right hand side. And then a woman uh, who I was also dating, um, who was in a similar line of work with me, but didn't work at the same company, was sitting on the left side of me. Uh-huh. Um, and I basically went mute for the whole <laughs> night. I stopped speaking to people and just sat there nursing my beer while my friend was trying to not laugh while singing. <laughs> As he looked down on me in the midst of the situation, knowing full well what was happening the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> what was then even more awkward was that we all ended up out in the parking lot together, and both of them were like, do you need a ride home? <laughs> I did not same, know this happened. This is time. new to me, too. Go ahead. And I, 
I was like, no, thanks. I'm going to be over here um, on my own, which shocked both of them because I think they both thought after a night out at the bar that perhaps we were going to um, be together that night. And then I had to basically walk away from both of them and get into somebody else's car. (laughs) (laughs) I I really don't know how you survived that. I wasn't sure if you went to hear the music play with one of them or if they both just happened to show up? Uh, so I, I went to listen with people from work, one of whom was the woman I was dating. Okay. The other, the other, it was a small town, so the other woman just showed up. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. saw me and was like, oh, I know him, and came and sat next to me. The, I know him. It's more like I just was out with him two days ago. We have yeah. plans tomorrow. I know him. Okay. <laughs> I really, uh, I, I give you a lot of credit for that because I think being in that situation, I first, I think very few people have ever been in that situation. You stayed and you were sitting directly in the middle of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, didn't have a lot of options at that point. I think the saddest part about that story was that was not the first or last time that that's happened to me. So I don't oh, really no. know what that says about me as a human being or as a person who <laughs> dates. But uh, but I'm I'm found somebody that I very much care about and uh, that you know I'm sharing my my future with. And so I guess it all worked out. And it did. And I know her, and I think she's amazing. She's amazing too to let you uh, to be cool with you coming on here talking about some stuff like your past because I find it really funny but I'm not tied to it in the same way she is so you know I I get to laugh a little bit more I think Um, but I appreciate you uh, sharing your your antics and your information with our listeners and hopefully you've inspired a few people to maybe be a little more conscientious You, you've gotten them thinking about things that maybe it hadn't occurred to them before because I don't know how many other people have faced the cat slash racism situation um, <laughs> or found themselves in the middle of two people that they're dating and had the guts to stay and to not just start to cry and run home. I don't even I can't even imagine what I would have done in that position. So hopefully you've shown people that it, it does work out. And dating is interesting and weird, but things, if you know what you're looking for, things always do work out in the end. Yeah, uh, humans are fascinating people. And uh, I, I ho- hopefully some of my cautionary tales will save some other people some problems, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Thanks. And I mean, we're just scratching the surface here. So uh, definitely I look forward to having you back on to mm-hmm. talk about more cautionary tales. Maybe that's what we'll title this episode. That's, that's a good suggestion. Thank you from the expert. So, um, so I appreciate you being on and everyone that wraps up this episode of cautionary tales with one of my oldest and closest friends. And remember, join us for the next episode of the dating disasters podcast, because dating isn't always great.